0: another episode of improv exchange with leander young where we dig into conversations with seasoned musicians to discuss their life art and the fifa jazz as they see it in this episode we interview a two-time grammy nominee from venezuela benito gonzalez hello everybody welcome to another episode of improv exchange today we have Benito Gonzalez with us sir thank you for coming on
1: oh thank you for inviting me man I'm I'm glad to be here and just so everyone knows he's literally on Flatbush Avenue so that's
0: why you hear a little noise from the windows and stuff over there well could you at least introduce yourself to the people give a short summary of
1: yourself Uh, well I'm a pianist Producer from Venezuela, been here for the last 20 years, I would say. Uh, I work uh, with uh, some artists from Kenny Garrett to Jackie McLean, Faroa Sanders, uh, you know, uh, etc. I play with um, also with with some singers, and I have my own trio. So I play with my own trio quite a bit these days. Uh, so, you know, that's basically what I do. I play the piano. I used to play drums when I was a kid, but I don't play drums anymore. But I do play the piano and uh, the keyboards I produce, as you see my some of my equipment. Um, and it's great, you know, I'm looking forward to getting back into the scene again after the pandemic, you know, so we're working on that. Yeah.
0: Well, we'll just jump right into Lisa's album, Sing to the World. Yeah, yeah. Nasty. I love it.
1: Thank it's you. just
0: one of those albums that just had me going like Yes from start <laughs> to finish.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a great uh it was a great situation for, for us to do the album because the music was made uh, intentional intentionally for that configuration of musicians that you see in the album, like, you know, Christian McBride, Nicholas Payton, Jeff Tane Watts, uh, you know, Sasha uh Josh Evans. So the the music, it has a lot in common with the personal. I mean, it, it's not it's not that I just wrote songs for anyone to play. No, the music was written for them specifically. And, um, you know, it's about freedom. Uh, Sing to the World is about freedom. It's about, you know, that voice from the people, you know, that, you know, whether I know, whether you, you struggle or, or not, we always search for freedom in some ways. So Sing to the World, it speaks about that. It's, it's just about freedom so that's the concept of the album okay well i like to
0: say for views of the blues that song specifically i could tell was written for that group
1: the solo that
0: christian took class
1: Correct.
0: what jeff was doing on the drums during that solo and during his solo just yeah i don't want to challenge him to a drum off i must admit that and (laughs) you just went off on that (laughs) drum off yes yeah. i every now and then there's a drummer that thinks they're better than me that's on the show
1: where are you from originally
0: i am jamaican descent but i'm born in brooklyn
1: oh that's right yeah you're chicken. yes
0: just one question what does the 412 mean
1: Four twelve is the is the area code from um uh, from where Jeff is from. Is um uh what's the name of that town? Uh uh The Steelers. What, where is oh that he's from? from Pittsburgh? He's from Pittsburgh. So, oh, okay. So Four Twelve is the area code. He wrote it from, from some memories that he had from Pittsburgh. And um and it's a beautiful melody, man. I, I was very, very t- touched by that. Melody since uh, when he introduced it to me a couple years back, two, three years back. Okay. Yeah. So how does him and Christian get along? Because very well, very well. They Christian very... says
0: Eagles fan though.
1: Oh, oh, <laughs> you mean in that regard, uh, <laughs> they always have this funny uh, friction about it, you know. But musically, man, they oh, really get along. They... <laughs> Or <laughs> meant to play together for Musical.ly.
0: I must admit that. That's right. And another thing on that album I really also need to know, how come people like you, other jazz artists, write songs like Flatbush Avenue, and it's an upbeat, fast song? Well,
1: yeah, because... Flatbush Flat Avenue
0: B- is far from a fast-moving...
1: Flatbush Avenue is very upbeat and loud, you know, and fast. As you, see, as you can hear outside, you know, it's like that. It's and, uh, loud, but moving. And it has a lot of movement. It's moving all the time and uh, a lot of different, it's a mixture of flavors and and uh, people from different cultures. Yeah, I love this neighborhood. Uh, you know, if I ever leave this neighborhood, I know I'm gonna miss it. It's, it's a nice neighborhood to be in. Know, because uh it's a lot it
0: feels like a neighborhood it doesn't feel like a tourist you know yeah i i know what you mean on that especially i don't know what part of flatbush avenue because flatbush runs all the way up from the Manhattan bridge all the way down to the oh. beverly road
1: bro
0: oh. right beverly it's on beverly and flatbush okay so you're seeing a lot of action every day there okay so i i get you Ah. Uh could you speak more into the mic <laughs> sir yes yeah <laughs> okay so another thing i wish to you know is so you came up here 20 years ago from venezuela
1: yeah and what encouraged that move um i think music uh you know that's all i've done in my life um i think freedom you know i found uh a lot of freedom in playing this music. And I really like the culture uh, from America. And I I wanted to come and, and investigate and keep learning and studying uh, more and more uh, to find out, you know, kind of like on a deeper level about the freedom of this music and where it comes from. So, you know, I, that's all, all I've been doing ever since I came here. And uh, it's been a nice journey, you know, to learn about the music and, you know, and, and the reasons why we do certain things uh, and, the, and how we use this music as a voice for certain things that, that happens, you know. Uh, I think music is a great tool uh, that we have to to bring people together and uh, for me coming here it has that kind of purpose like I wanted to learn this music and get like people involved on it and uh, so when we recorded sing to the world we had that kind of mentality well you know, to somehow bring people together and, and how we can integrate and have this voice, uh, you know, meaning like all the tunes that we, we recorded has like, like, like concept and idea behind it, you know. So that's what I came to do like 20 years ago and I still do it. I still try to get it together, you know. So, what was the first thing that at least shocked you or caught your interest when you moved here uh seeing mccoy tyner through your life it really changes like it changed my life because i knew his music from recordings when i saw him live i was sitting right next to the piano and uh it was so many different emotions. It's like when you discover something new for the first time, that really shocked you. Like, <laughs> oof, yeah. I, I remember every note he was playing. I was very shocked, and uh, you know, um, it, it was it was an it was it was nice to understand that. I could do it, you know, because sometimes when you hear piano players and you hear drummers or music, you think, man, I don't know these guys, I don't know if i going to able to play like this or perform. But when I, when I saw him performing, I understood that I can do this and I will try to learn how to play this vocabulary, you know. I love his music. I love Train. you know, that that's kind of my my direction in music. Sorry for the noise, though, uh, I know. Okay, brings character to the show. Let's look at this deep this song. Bloodbush. <laughs> yes,
0: what's happening? Uh, so you saw him perform. Did he give you anything? Did he say anything to you? He gave me not much
1: because back then uh, I was very shy. I still am, um, but, you know, I just got his six, he gave me his signature in, in a in a piece of paper. <laughs> I had it, I think I still had this paper somewhere. And uh, he gave me his signature and uh, he told me, wow, you play piano, good, Oh, keep doing it. Uh, but then through the years, I, I saw him a few more times and uh, we had a chance to talk more and and to, uh, you know, when I recorded his tribute album "Passion, uh, Reverence, Transcendence," uh, we got we had a chance to speak for a long time, and uh, you know, I told him many of those things that I wanted to tell him back then. You, know. <laughs> you want one one example? Come on, what did you say? One? Um, yeah, of course. Well, you know, I asked him, uh, you know. Sorry, I asked him how how much uh, Coltrane influenced his his piano playing. Yes. And he told me that Coltrane played piano also, (laughs) like a piano player. And uh, he says that um, Coltrane gave him some colors on the piano, and uh, he says that uh, that's what he was working on and this kind of sound and um and he told McCoy that well if you could uh you know play based on these colors but open it up from here that would be great and uh and uh, he says that Coltrane was very generous with with the information and with all the the you know all the stuff that he knew and uh So, you know, he spoke a lot about Coltrane and uh, Elvin Jones also, so.
0: (laughs) Well, did he, did he, how did you get the
1: permission to do that album? Did he request you personally? Did you? No, 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 no. We, you know, we put it together. I mean, we, we had a trio, me, Essie, Essie and Jerry Gibbs and we had already played for him live, his music. Yes. So he saw me playing at least two or three times his music before we actually went in the studio to do the record because we had we had been talking about doing these records years before, like I will say five to six years before. But then the opportunity came and uh, McCoy who was already familiar with the trio. So, so when when we approached okay. him to the album, he already knew that who we were and what we were doing. So we didn't have to do much, but talk with him. And he got to hear the tracks and he was excited. He said, wow, you guys recorded all of these tunes. That's amazing. Those are my hits. And, you know, he was he was in a good spirit and, uh, you know, He loved the album, he wrote about, you know, what he thought, and it's great. I mean, I'm glad that we were able to do it while he was still with us, you know, and he had a chance to see and hear firsthand the love that he received, you know, from his writing and his music. Well,
0: I love the album. didn't win the Grammy that year, if I'm correct, but...
1: Oh, but it's okay. We didn't do it thinking about it. It's it's like putting the music out there, his music out there is is a bigger Grammy for us. Well, I
0: never had a full conversation with him, so I'm jealous of you on that. <laughs> uh, so, how did you get involved with Kenny?
1: I met Kenny Garrett um, in Washington, D.C., I think. No, 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 Uh, sorry. I met Kenny Garrett in New York while I was playing with Jackie McLean. I was playing with Jackie McLean for a week at the Iridium, and uh, Kenny came a few nights, and uh, we met personally then. Then I saw him in Washington, D.C. a couple of times when he used to come with his quartet. And, uh, you know, I was interested in, in playing with his band. Uh, he asked me for my number back then when I met him. And uh, that was like 2003, and I received a call in 2006 if I was interested in joining the band and doing a, an audition for his band. And I did it, and the rest was history. We played for, I was there for like seven years, I think. Something like that. I started in 06. And we, we collaborate, you know, I, I play my last gig in 2013, but we, I recorded again and I play here and there whenever he needs me, he calls me, you know, but it was a great experience for me. He's a mentor to me and, uh, you know, I'm very, very honored to have spent all those years traveling the world with him. Yeah. Uh, what's something you learned from him? Oh, wow, that's a great. I think to find myself an, uh, in music, like to find myself and uh, being, because he always told me about, yeah, you gotta find yourself. You have a lot of talent. You can play all these things on the piano, but just find yourself in there. So uh, it was, it was, a great lesson for me night by night playing with him and he was stretching out you know so that allowed me to find myself into that music and uh i found myself uh you know and and my ideas came all together because when you play piano when or let's say you play another instrument guitar or saxophone you have to learn different different styles, but that doesn't mean that it's you sound like yourself yet. <laughs> so what happened was Kenny helped me to find myself into all different styles. He 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 gave me the link to connect all of those and say this is Benito with all those elements. So that's one thing I learned from from him that I am very grateful for. What was your favorite recording with him? Uh, oh, we did. I did three, four projects with him. I think I can't really say any one in particular. because Come on. Of all of them, <laughs> but I think I have a special. Uh, place for me, it was uh, Seeds from the Underground. And the reason is because we had worked the music a little bit before and uh, we had a nice, uh, we had a nice concept for the album. We we had, we was trying to integrate this, these melodies over these different kind of harmonical structures that he was working on. And I think it was amazing to process to do that album. It was Grammy nominated. He had two Grammy nominations. Uh, uh, yeah, that album is, is still, you know, probably one of his best albums up to date. And uh, I'm honored to to be there and, and to see how much impacted like the the crowd and the people and um because the music was very strong and and the 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 songs were well put together uh it was amazing i loved also the one life at the Radium with Pharaoh sanders and kenny garrett i mean <laughs> that album is so great it's so soulful you know uh, it's amazing. And I also love uh, the last one I did with him, um, Pushing the World Away, you know. Uh, it's it's a nice moving album. It's like, you know, uh, you know, I will say probably Seeds from the Underground is my favorite. But I like other, the other ones for different reasons. Understood. Okay. So, no Kenny stories? Oh, um, there is many Kenny stories. I mean, uh, come on, I won't um, get you in trouble too much with him. No, no, no. I think, I think uh, a good one is is that early when I joined the band, one of my first tours with him, uh, we we had a long tour and we was finishing the tour and we had to play a concert at the north sea festival in holland in uh, uh, amsterdam it was Rotterdam, i think for the first time that year so we was coming from somewhere so far away from like casablanca or something yeah we, we play a concert there the night before and uh, we had to come to north sea So we had to take like three flights (laughs) to get there somehow, you know, it was terrible. So we were so tired. I remember getting to the hotel around noon. Uh, We had like a few hours to rest. I didn't, I tried to sleep. I couldn't sleep. I I was so hyped to play at the North Sea and um, nobody slept. I mean, we were all probably up all night and uh, the, the planes was difficult so anyway uh, we get to the uh, to the hall I mean we had to play after Jack DeJohnette was there playing trio with Larry Goldings and um, I think it was uh, uh, great guitar player uh, John Scofield <laughs> so they were playing so hard so we were just backstage tired I, I was thinking. Jesus, man, uh, and now we have to play after this. So we got to the stage, it's like, we totally forgot that we was tired, we forgot everything and we went for it. And it's probably one of the most memorable concerts that I have from that those years with him. I mean, that concert was so energetic and so well, you know, Done. I mean, it, it was amazing. It was our best concert, definitely from that tour. Uh, so that's one of the stories. You know, it, it was amazing. It was amazing to see how can we, how can you know we perform so tired and. Uh, it came out that good. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Is that it's one pre- recorded by any
0: chance or oh, no? No, there uh. is only. All- <laughs> YouTube,
1: there's like a few seconds like like uh like 40 seconds from I the hate when that it. happens so crazy this' like 40 seconds only yeah. yeah but I'm sure there's a video around somewhere who knows they pop out like through the years yeah you know, they
0: slowly <laughs> show up next thing you know the whole concerts out there right, right, right. <laughs> Oh, before I forget, how did you meet Jeff and
1: Christian? Um I met Jeff Tain long time ago in Venezuela actually when I was there. He came with Michael Brecker to play a concert. And I I got I had a chance to hang out with him a little bit. Then uh, when I moved to the US through the years, I've seen him like I saw him at Blue Sally in Washington DC with Bramford Marsalis. Then uh, I saw him again, he was in North Sea. I was there with Kenny and I I was at the lobby and then he saw me <laughs> there, he was like, oh, wow, you here now, okay. So, you know, I, I've seen him through the years. Uh, then we had a chance to play uh, here and there early, like in 2008, then we recorded uh, my album Circles where he recorded with me for the first time then uh, Christian McBride also I met him he recorded on my very first album a starting point uh, I met him through Antonio Sanchez because they were playing with Pamatini Trio and uh, Antonio introduced me to Christian and I uh, invited Christian to do the record and uh, the rest was history he sounded so great man I mean he and he can read everything like a newspaper. <laughs> so you know, we were we were very cool from the beginning and uh he's in all my projects except the McCoy album, but he's in Christian is in all my projects. I love his playing and what he brings to my music, you know. And he sounded great with Tane. I mean Yes. He did. I'm not yeah. questioning that one
0: bit. <laughs> yeah. And Mr. Sanchez, how
1: did you meet him, uh, Antonio? Oh, oh Antonio, yes. yeah. Antonio, I know Antonio for for a long time. Uh, I met Antonio in Venezuela also when, he used to play with Danilo Perez, right, the pianist. And uh, sometimes he says that Danilo was playing around South America and then he used to just take a plane and go to Venezuela to hang out because, uh, those times you know it was cheap and it was easy and he loved to come and hang out in venezuela and i was playing at this jazz club in caracas so antonio used to come and hang out there like sometimes i will be playing and then i looked and there's antonio sitting in the bar you know so uh, that's how we made it. and then through the years when i moved to the us i contacted him and when i had the opportunity to do the first album I, you know, I invited him to to play and uh, he recommended uh, a few musicians. So that's how, you know, and then I got Ron Blake to play with me, tenor saxophone, Granny McLean. Yeah, it, it was a great situation to do my first album. Yeah, I mean, it was... It lands like Ron on your first album is impressive. Ron, of course, I mean, from drumming, right? He's, he's an insane drummer, man.
0: He is a talent, I got to say that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so how is the music, the jazz scene in Venezuela? Because when I
1: think of Venezuela, jazz does not really come to mind. Yeah, well, the thing is Venezuela is an oil country, so we have a lot of American influence because of the oil trading. And um, also European, you know, so so Venezuela music it has a lot like influences from European harmonies and American music and uh so you know when I came out playing music uh we had a lot of access to recordings from the USA because is we have a lot we have like 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 a American embassy huge we have like English schools from America huge uh, so we had festivals, and we had like Pan Matini coming through, Branford Marsalis, Michael Brecker, all of the best of the best coming through, and so we had a lot of access to American music. So it's just up to you if you really want to follow that path, or you, you know, or you want to stay in Venezuela playing Latin music or playing Afro-Venezuela music, but the rest. Uh, I love jazz because of the freedom and, uh, you know, I discovered McCoy, Herbie and, uh, and uh, you know, those kind of piano players. And I wanted to investigate that, you know. When I found out that they made, they made you know, like it was their career to play piano. I was like, well, this is what I gonna do. So I can play piano for a living too. So, you know, uh, but Venezuela has a lot like American influence, definitely, because of the oil. OK,
0: so how yeah. would you scale their jazz scene compared to New York?
1: Oh, no, there is no jazz scene in Venezuela. I mean, it's difficult. First of all, I mean, uh, rhythmically, I mean, uh, I mean, there was a jazz scene, but it's like if you can't call it jazz... I mean, it's it's like not really real jazz. It's just like pe- let's let's put it this way. There was a lot of people trying to learn how to play in that time. I remember when I was in Caracas, including myself, and and that was it. When I moved here, it was when I really understood that I had to stay to study and learn how to play these rhythms correctly. You know because we don't think the same way uh, musically in venezuela you know or in cuba or in Latin america the rhythms we think about the rhythms in one and three in here you think about two and four Yeah. and uh so so it's, it's that kind of stuff you know it's a cultural difference it help you think that helped your style or no Oh yeah, no, totally, because I integrated, you know, the thing is, something that really helped us Venezuelans is that we have the Afro Venezuelan rhythms are in three and five. So, you know, we have rhythms in five that have a lot of triples and, and, and we have the three, four also, or the six, eight. So we have a lot of triples and six, eights different than Cuba, that they have only the 4-4, four four, the, the rumba and, you know, and the clave. We also have salsa, a strong salsa um, uh, uh, scene in Caracas, but uh, but the Afro-Venezuelan rhythms helped me to understand swing a little more. So when I learned how to integrate all these things to my own rhythms, now i can understand the links the african links the, from this from swing into the afro-venezuelan rhythms and how they come together you know it's interesting though with uh also with you know with um, the harmonies from from europe you know <laughs> it's interesting shit. very complex yes i like
0: it though i just if it's in five what is it I'm trying to think of it. Five eight. It's like it's a clave.
1: It's a two three cap. Okay, and three two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's the rhythm. Five eight. And then uh, then we have you know the six eight stuff. You know it's all African music, bro. I mean I'm from the coast of Venezuela from, you know, from the beach, from the water, and that's where the beat is, you know. We had black churches, like, like uh, there is a saint there. Baptist it's called, it's a, it's a black saint, it's called San Benito, and the, the music of the, of the church is drum only. It's like African, straight up African drum. That's what I grew up playing when I was five, four years old, you know?
0: Okay. Yeah. And then I have to ask you that other question that kind of hurt me when you said that. So you left the percussion to become a piano player. <laughs>
1: Why? <laughs> well, you know, it's just that it happened that way because I started, when I, I joined the church, uh, I, sta- I learned how to play organ before piano. So I was, I learned how to play organ and I was playing at the church for like four years then from then i the the church bought a piano and and i discovered this piano and i was like wow this is it <laughs> you know but i still have the the rhythms i mean i i don't know if i can really play anymore because it will ruin my 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 touch on the piano if i if i play but but i do have the rhythms i i you know, of all the music that we play. Sorry, You're a this typical box. piano player diva. Not yeah. letting anything touch you. It's all right, though. I'm not judging. I'm uh, not. Well, you know. so Especially, I'd rather play piano if I play with someone like Jeff Watts. You know. I mean, <laughs> I sit just, I sit in the crowd if Jeff Watts is playing.
0: playing. Okay. Playing with so. Which country has stood out the most to you since you've been torn all over the world?
1: Oof, there is so many. Uh, Let me see. Uh, I will say... Oof. Every country has something cool. I, I don't know, I will say Japan, maybe. I love Japan, Tokyo how they recover so fast from that those ruins and and how they came back to be where they are at japan is amazing uh, and a china school uh
0: yeah okay well where do you think jazz will be in 10 years
1: will it be bigger uh, will it be smaller I think, I think it, it's gonna be changing as everything, you know, we changing every day. <laughs> I think it's, it's gonna be changing from where we are. Uh, uh, I think that, you know, there is some great new talent coming through. And, uh, you know, the sounds change a little bit. The, the wave of interpretation changes a little bit. And I and hopefully for the best, you know, I but definitely will be changing as as always, you know, like like Miles Davis, you know, it's like always changing through life and through our experiences. Music change also as we do. So the next 10 years, wow, definitely will be a little different and hopefully for the best. What would you tell a young artist coming up right now? To learn uh, the music with honesty, not to try to take a, like a like a shortcut. Because in order for for young musicians to learn how to play hip hop or like the way Robert Glasper or many other piano players who play that. You have to learn the history also and what was before to get to that point. So my advice is to learn the history and the styles and not try to take this shortcut <laughs> to, to try to be famous without really learning the history. You know, that's, that's my advice to everyone actually You really see that often though? Oh yeah. And I also see people who work hard often and learn properly. So there is always both cases. Okay.
0: Have you ever been invited to play on a non-jazz album that we don't know about?
1: Oof. Uh, it's hard to remember. Oh, you've been on uh, that many recordings? In a few, yeah, it's hard to remember. <laughs> Just a few. <laughs> I guess I have, but I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember well. It is, it's a little difficult, but I have played in non-jazz albums for sure.
0: Okay. What is your dream project? If You didn't have to worry about money. You didn't have a budget.
1: You could have any musician you want. Um. Well, I guess I wanna do an an album with uh, with like a like a big band, but also I want to have a strings, you know, and I wanna use uh, all the musicians that really inspire me you want to do an album with strings and musicians that inspired you? Yeah, I want to bring an album. I want to do an album with strings um, with big band and bring musicians from diff- different cultures and uh, trying to integrate all of that together and uh, have different kind of like colors of, of, of musicians that play different, but could bring something into my music. Yeah, it's a huge project. I, I know at some point it'll happen. I just, I'm just getting ready mentally to it.
0: <laughs>
1: Is there any specific one that you were bringing from all over the world, so many. All my mentors, you know, Kenny, Farrow Sanders, you know, all my mentors, yeah. All right, all right. Huh? What is the next big project you have? So far, maybe do another recording in the near future. Um, uh, Yeah, I have some music ready for that. So I'm still putting it together conceptually, but I think that it will be no later than six months I will be in the studio doing my next album. Nice, man. Looking forward towards that definitely.
0: Okay. And what is the best compliment you have
1: ever received? Oh, good question. Um, you know this happened to me a few times in my career, you know, I've been playing music for more than thirty years. Um uh this one time like in Paris I was playing uh, concert with my trio. And there was a mother there with, with her daughter and uh, she was a teenager. After the concert, they approached me. They got a CD and uh, and her mom told me, this is the first time she heard jazz. And, uh, and then she said, yes. Uh, she said that she thought jazz was boring and very old but now it's her favorite music because she understood that there was so many different flavors and different type of rhythms. She said, it sounds like rock sometimes. She said, it sounds like, you know, like hip hop or any other things, you know? So, so, so it's, it's a great, great thing that we can change somebody's life with the music like that that happened to me like three or four times so that's the best compliment i ever had okay
0: that's also very impressive
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> did she come to any other shows after that that you know of and not? Nah? um after what did she go to any other performances by you that you know of oh
1: i have no idea okay. She's yeah. french yeah We played there and left the next
0: day. Fair. Just curious, because, you know, sometimes you get that long life
1: fan. I'm sure sure they went through uh, some other concerts, but if for the first time, man, I had that experience at least two or three times, at least. Okay.
0: So, your favorite travel story?
1: Um wow there is so many my favorite uh, being in front of thousands of people with Phoh Sanders just two years ago I think and um, coming out by myself and playing an introduction and feeling the whole crowd was so quiet you couldn't hear anything and there was thousands you couldn't see the end of the of the from the stage so that's that was a memory i never forget (laughs) totally yeah
0: hopefully more people get the opportunity to experience something like that in the future okay well sir before we go you normally like to give a shout out show our respects to the artists who came before us okay i'm gonna tell you an instrument and two artists Choose one, and if you wish, tell us why. Okay, you're gonna tell me two instruments? No, I'm gonna tell you an, uh, an instrument, and I'm uh-huh. gonna name two artists who play the instrument. Okay?
1: So what about it? What choose, is it? Choose your uh, favorite
0: one out of the two. Oh,
1: okay, okay,
0: True. Sure. Okay. Go. So on trumpet, Jerry Gonzalez or Lee
1: Morgan. Lee Morgan. How come? It's just... It's, it's, it's a hero. It's, a, it's history. Jerry Gonzalez also, but Lee Morgan is, is a hero of American music. Okay.
0: On saxophone, we'll go with David Sanchez or Coleman Hawkins calling my hawkins all day okay yeah i'm making <laughs> this too one-sided okay so i'm based in esperanza spartan or orlando lopez
1: i don't know i'm not familiar with orlando lopez okay so would
0: they have a christian mcbride or esperanza huh?
1: yeah
0: Huh? christian mcbride or esperanza oh
1: christian all day
0: oh yes Yeah, I should have said that too. (laughs) do bad today. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Okay. Let me think. Okay. Art Tatum or Oscar Peterson? Art Tatum. Okay. You're just blowing through this easily today.
1: Why Art Tatum though? (laughs) He was the father of Oscar Peterson. In fact, when Oscar Peterson heard Art Tatum for the first time, he stopped playing for like a year or something. Yeah. Okay, okay.
0: Herbie Hancock or Chick Corea?
1: That's a hard one. There we I, go. Th- <laughs> I, uh, I will say Herbie Hancock for personal taste, but I love both of them. Yeah. Okay on percussion um Lenny White or Shelly E? Lenny, all day. I love Lenny White. I love Lenny White. Okay.
0: Buddy Rich or Jeff Watts? Jeff Watts. Okay, you're like the least fun out of everyone I ever did this with. Okay. Can you, tell, can you tell everyone your social media your website where to
1: find uh, you how to contact in, in uh, instagram you know at benito piano altogether. also on youtube at benito piano in uh facebook benito gonzalez official that's me brother and you know yes uh what's they, your website again benito gonzalez okay okay well, sir, thank you for joining us. Thank you for the
0: great interview, man. Yeah. Anything else you wish to add? Tell the
1: people? Oh, man, I wish you all the best and uh, keep the good work together. And uh, thank you for having me, man. It's an honor. It was great, an honor great. to have artists like you,
0: especially to have me going, like, during the yeah. Alp, Yes. <laughs> I can't wait
1: to
0: um, share it, you know, when it comes out. Everyone, this is Leanna from Impov Exchange. Thank you. Have a good one. That's that on jazz. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Improv Exchange. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Also, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Improv Exchange.